And I'm just going to invite you and our listeners to consider when you are in those conflict situations, that the person is being entirely rational. They are, they are acting in accordance with their truth at that moment. The question is not if they're right or wrong. The question is how does their truth collide with our truth wow, and getting to the good. bottom of that. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. We're back in the studio today with episode 41. Our special guest is Jonathan Miller. He's coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. The title of today's episode is Be a Partner. Hear that? Be a Partner in Communication, Tools for Better Communication, and conflict resolution. Jonathan is the founder of Mindful Communication, and he is a conflict transformation coach. Totally new concept for me. Jonathan is going to talk about all things communication today, but especially conflict communication. He's going to talk about the ways and the whys of avoiding conflict. He's going to talk about the growth opportunities in conflict, and some very unique perspectives on ways to not only navigate conflict differently, but to better understand it and to proceed through it and with it as a growth tool, as a partnering opportunity, and as a relationship and trust builder. I am so excited about this conversation. So get ready to hear some different ideas on communication, conflict, and here's a unique phrase, perhaps, nonviolent communication. podcast where we explore leadership business and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life we're your hosts jeff dishwitz and craig matthews we believe that leaders have to put their people first and if you don't have time to grow your people then you're not leading get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business welcome to your bigger business and bigger life we have a very special guest today. Jonathan Miller is coming to us from Cape Town, South Africa. We, we were talking beforehand. It was exciting to learn a little bit about what life is like in Cape Town. So that was, that was a fun experience already. Sounds beautiful. Jonathan's, Jonathan's company is called Mindful Communication. And he is, this is new to me, a conflict transformation coach. Never <laughs> seen it before, never heard it before. And Jonathan is, as you might guess, all things communication with a heavy emphasis on conflict communication. And there's so many layers to that. He's a former program leader with Landmark that a lot of you are familiar with. Um, he's in a certified professional coach, uh, a lot of training in a phrase some of you may not be familiar with. I happen to be nonviolent communication. I have some friends who are deeply into that study. Hmm. So this is going to be, I think, a unique conversation. And I know Jonathan is our first guest in the podcast to talk about conflict, conflict communication and management. So let's jump in and welcome Jonathan. Welcome. Thanks for having me here. This is exciting. So Jonathan, give us a little bit of the Jonathan Miller story to set the context for our listeners. So, you know, you talked about conflict transformation coach and probably never heard of it because I'll be completely honest, I made it up. Um, <laughs> I it really comes stuff up. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what it really comes from is uh, I'm passionate about leadership. That's why I'm so excited to be here on the podcast. All things communication, which is the leader's tool. And uh, when I really hone in onto what I'm passionate about, and I think where people struggle the most within communication is that conflict management arena. And there is this idea of conflict transformation, which is actually in the academic sphere, a theory that was developed in the 80s by a man named John Paul Lederach. And the idea of conflict transformation is that conflict until then was living in this realm of managing conflict, resolving conflict, conflict resolution. And often what these resolutions did, this management did, was take care of things at more of a surface level. Mm, yeah. They engaged only at what was going on to get us to a peaceful state. And it was relatively effective. Mm -hmm. Now, when conflict transformation came about was this whole model, this much deeper, deeper mm -hmm. model. 
of real social transformation that looks at relationships, systems, cultures, and it's a complete transformation of the conflict into well, something imagine, that really works. Yeah, I would imagine trust and respect have a, have a big play in that. Absolutely. So what, what brought you to the point where this became such an important piece for what you're doing, Jonathan? The conflict part or just communication? Yeah, so, so from your story, what, what was it that brought this in and say, wow, I really want to study that? When it came to actually the conflict piece, I think it's when I took a look and I really looked at what aspect of communication made the biggest difference for my life, actually. Hmm. And it's funny because communication is a vast space. We can talk about presentation skills. We can talk about networking. I love different kinds of conversations, the sales conversation, <laughs> influencing. Um, we can talk about that kind of stuff. But when it really came down to it, it was my ability to lean into conflict and to manage those situations effectively and come mm. to resolutions that not only kind of worked, but actually transformed a situation to be mm. even better than it was before. Wow. That has made the biggest difference in my life and the lives of those around me. So Jonathan, I'm going to throw something at you. I'm really curious about your perspective on I've run into a lot of people in my life and recently as well who would say, have said their goal when it comes to conflict is to minimize or eliminate it. <laughs> and I haven't thought about it a lot, but I tell you, I don't think I agree with that. I think that conflict is so natural. What comes up for me is I'd rather understand it and navigate through the conflict versus getting it over with. I think people are in a rush to get done with it. People are uncomfortable with it. I think there's so much to learn and grow Absolutely. from conflict when we do it in a good, not just a good way, but we do that deeper way and understanding each other. We can not only, we're not even fixing it. I, I love the word transformation. So mm -hmm. give us your take on that idea of avoiding conflict as a goal. I have spent the vast majority of my life avoiding conflict. So I understand <laughs> this person's perspective. I am a professional avoider of conflict. And you get a badge or something for that? Yes, you get a badge. Isn't that amazing? Wow. And, uh, like Boy Scouts. Yeah. And it's a habit that die, dies really hard, I assure you. Okay. Now, the thing with avoiding conflict is that is just one strategy. Hmm. And I think you hit it on the head, Jeff. Like, the reason that I avoided conflict was because it was uncomfortable. And I thought, well, this is a very, I didn't think consciously, unconsciously, I must have thought to myself, this, was a, this is a very legitimate strategy because I feel good if I, I manage to avoid it. Hmm. Now, the other side of that is that I think you kind of, you said eliminate it. And, and I use the word like just explode. That's kind of what I would do. I would avoid, 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 maybe some passive aggressive comments, maybe some sarcasm those kind of ineffective communication techniques. And then I would just kind of explode and let people have it. And then, you know, go back to avoiding, avoiding, avoiding until that <laughs> happened again. And I kind of had this like okay. silence and violence approach, silence, violence, Ooh, silence, violence. And those are your fight or flight response. You have fight, which is like the violence. And then the, the flight, which is the silence. Hmm. Those are not the only ways though. And it sounds like just <laughs> you're tapping into other ways to resolve conflict. You can accommodate, you can compromise, you can collaborate. And in fact, when you're really given all these different options on how to manage your conflict, you're given a whole new range of tools to use in different situations. Now, I'm not saying avoiding and exploding aren't useful. If I'm in the street and there's a person who's waving their arms and yelling and coming at me, guess what? I'm going to use one of those two versions. I'm going to do that fight or flight thing. That's my safety like at stake, right? I'm not going to mess around with that. But when I'm talking to my boss or when I'm talking to my partner or when I'm talking to my family, those are usually not helpful responses because right. my life is not under threat in those situations, right? Yeah. So with the full scope of what's available to me, I want to start having my default response more toward what you were hinting at, which is that collaboration aspect, the thinking through things. Mm -hmm. And as you've probably experienced, and Craig, I imagine you as well and all of our listeners, that sometimes our conflict 
has actually resulted in amazing things happening for us. Absolutely. Ask, ask any remarried couple if they're thrilled about the conflict that was their divorce. They will yeah. tell you it was the best thing that ever happened to them because now they're married in this wonderful new relationship, right? So mm -hmm. conflict is also often a precursor to change that we want to see in our lives. Mm. Wow, that's interesting you say that. Today is my 32nd anniversary. So I've <laughs> been married for 32 years. And uh, you know, early on, there was a conflict. And I remember my wife saying, well, do you want a divorce? I said, not only do I not want a divorce, we will never use the D word again. And that was just a statement of, I'm committed, I'm in this, we will figure this out. Yes, we understand that there's going to be conflict. And I think one of the things that, you know, as you're both talking about avoiding conflict, I think that when we, when we choose to do that or eliminate conflict, what we're doing is we're saying we're going to pass the problem into the future because we're going to deal with it at some point. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's so, so on point. And you end up taking this really long road <laughs> right. to eventually get to this point where if you just use direct communication, you're more likely yeah. to get to that point. And listen, it's uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. But Jeff hit it on the head with your statement that it is a normal and natural phenomenon. Absolutely. All of us have experienced conflict in our lives. Mm -hmm. All of us are probably experiencing conflict right now in a, a relationship or even internally from time to time. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee that we will all experience conflict in the future. <laughs> it is an inevitable part of life. And we, and I, I find that at least I did, this is what I did most of my life is that I just spent so much energy resisting that inevitability mm. and which is an ex exhausting and it's a waste of time and it's a waste of energy. Yeah. Well, and it feels to me, I mean, I hear all the things you said, Jonathan, the one I would add is I think it's incredibly unhealthy because yeah. what I believe is all those things that I carry around, they're going, I mean, I, I see those things as energy, for example, some of my emotions towards someone. Yes. And if I'm so-called stuffing that or saying I'm turning it off, but I really didn't turn it off, that energy has to attack someone or something and that's going to be me. It's right. not about, I love what you, you know, I think I love that you're bringing the word violence into this because there's a lot of people who do not believe that language and, and verbal communication can be violent. And I mm. think they're completely wrong. Yeah. I think there's incredibly violent um, communication that happens that is not physical all day long. And people don't give it attention because, yeah, you know, that remember that old saying, you know, sticks and stones. They break your bones, but words will never harm you. That is a lie. That is an absolute lie in my book. The physical violence that we might be familiar with, that's a very extreme form of conflict, right? And it's very sensational, and that's why we see it on the news, because it's very extreme. It's not within our nature to want to do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the silence and violence, I like that because it's, uh, it kind of rhymes, so it's easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's this kind of malicious more hurtful communication, harmful communication. Not that it's right or wrong. It's just we're, it's unconscious in my opinion because it doesn't beg the question, what is the purpose of this communication? Is my intent to harm somebody or is it actually to find a resolution that works for me? Mm. Now, if I was really checked in with myself and said, well, I want to find a resolution, then one would realize very quickly that harming the other person is likely not going to be the resolution that is the most ideal for the situation. Right. Well, and I, I guess it comes back to one of those things that we look at and are we playing the game to win or are we playing the game as a, as an ongoing infinite game to where when we play well, we get to keep playing and in relationships, it is that infinite game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I think you said it absolutely perfectly. So Jonathan, share with us, you know, you've studied this a long time. This is what you do. You live and breathe it. Share with us sort of the, some of the foundations of how we can look at conflict and conflict communication differently. Yeah. One of the most important mindsets that I like to take into so many of my conversations, but especially 
practicing through my conflict conversations is the partnership mindset. That's what I call it. Mm. So a partnership mindset is really, I'm going to invite you and our listeners to just contemplate the possibility. I'm not saying this is the truth. This is just a perspective. It's possible. I invite you to consider that we are all actually, we're, we're always trying to partner with the other person. What would that be mm. like if we were constantly trying to partner with this other person? What if this person always wanted to partner with me and there's just something in our way? How can I have this be a win-win situation? Yeah. Now, what becomes available with that perspective is instead of this adversarial me versus you mindset that we often operate in, which is a very survival-based, fight-or-flight kind of way of looking at the world, and again, it's not wrong. It's just, you know, not... Uh, I just don't think it's as uh, productive and helpful for what we really want in life. Yeah. Instead of this me versus you thing, we get to do me and you against the problem. Mm. We're really separating the people from the problem, right? Like and, that. and that is uh, a powerful mindset to have when you're actually partnering with the person to solve the problem. So, I can give you an example of a situation that happened that it worked out really well because we ended up doing that, right? Yeah. Mentioned that I'm from Cape Town. I'm living in Cape Town right now. And when my partner and I, when we arrived here, as you can imagine, transitions, transitions are tough. I mean, I, I, know, I know there's maybe some people out there that are good with transitions. I thought I was, I'm not that good at transitions. <laughs> So when we, when my partner and I arrived in this new country, this new continent that I hadn't set foot on before, there was a lot of new things to take in. I'm running a business. I'm figuring out, you know, where's the grocery store? What can I get in the grocery store? Uh, you know, what am I going to do for my physical regiment? Uh, where am I going to stay? What apartment am I going to stay in? How do I keep in touch with friends and family? I also want to go out and explore. And I also want to spend time with my partner and, you know, relax and have fun. All these things are all happening at once. So naturally, there was some tension in the air and we were experiencing some conflict. Seven o'clock would roll around. I'm like, perfect. Just finished a coaching call back in North America. Let's make some dinner. Oh, actually, no, I'm about to get on a coaching call now. Hmm, that did not, that does not work. And so there was tension because this kept happening for like days and days. And I remember it just happened a few times and we're like, all right, that's it. We got to have a conversation about this. We literally booked a time in our calendar to talk about this. And that was a pivotal moment right there because we had practiced this partnership mindset. Now, what would typically have happened, what probably would have happened had we not had the partnership mindset is it would have been her fault because she didn't plan um, to have dinner at the same time as me because she booked this call at the last minute. But instead, it's like, okay, we're partners in this. Like, I know she wants to partner with us. I know this is not her in bad intentions toward me. <laughs> so how do we partner with together? We came up with this structure. So what we do is we came up with this plan. Let's put some time in calendar. Let's talk about what's going on. Turns out it was a scheduling conflict. I think that you from the outside could have seen that in a heartbeat. I couldn't. I was just like in it. <laughs> And we came up with the solution, which was, I know, again, this sounds like a silly thing, but for us, it was a huge deal, is now every day in the morning, after we're done our little routine, we spend five minutes and we look at our calendars for the day together. We go through it together and for the next couple of days. And it's been six months and we haven't stopped doing that. So there's this amazing thing that opened up from our conflict. And it's because we really tackled this as partners, knowing that this conflict wasn't her against me, it was us against the problem. It made a huge difference for us. Mm, so good. I, I love that, Jonathan. And one piece of that that I'd like to check in on is you scheduled a time to do it. You didn't have the conversation right there. And how important is that in potentially conflict conversations to not do it in the moment? As I know, that is one of my hardest things. It, it's a, and it's one of those, call it a habit or a muscle that I struggle with because I see the value of getting out of the emotion. For me, that's what's out of the emotion that's going on right there. But I also want to, man, I'm realizing for myself, I really want to resolve it and move on. 
So talk about the importance of not doing it right then. Let me ask you a question, Jeff. What, why is it so important for you to resolve it and move on? <laughs> um, I think it's two things, and I'm realizing in this conversation. One is a part of an avoidance muscle. It's an avoidance. So if the quicker it's over, it's not happening. Mm. Um, and I'm guessing that there's a belief. I'm guessing I have a belief that if I'm in conflict, there's something wrong with the relationship. And I want the relationship to be okay, so the conflict needs to be. I think the other part is, and this is, I'm loving this because this is a great question. I coach leaders a lot in terms of feedback about the importance of doing the feedback as soon as possible, when the, whatever it is, because it's fresh and people, you can get into the nuances yeah. that you can't a day or two later because you don't remember. So I think there's some of that too. So. I have an attachment. I've attached a lot of, of the relationship quality to the conflict. So there's a few things at play here, which I love that you broke it down into those three things. So the first thing here is this idea of resolving the conflict as soon as possible because it's still fresh in our mind. And from my experience, I'm going to completely support that. I think that the sooner you can resolve a conflict, the better. You don't want it to linger. You don't want to accrue any debt. You know, the yeah, longer you leave these things, you just start accruing that debt. And then it becomes kind of like a wispy memory and you don't remember exactly what the person said or they did, but you know, you got angry and that's not helpful. And the longer that's delayed, more, more room for resentment to build up and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So definitely support you on that one. Now it is going to be about finding a balance though, because like you said, then there's those emotions, right? And those emotions getting in the way and talking when we're emotional I mean, we don't need to dive into the science about why we think that that's why that's probably not the best <laughs> idea. But one thing for sure is you're probably not thinking as clearly as you want to be. You want to make sure you're not saying things that you regret and you want them not to say things that they regret as well. Right. So there's that piece as well. And I like it. What I think is really interesting is actually the very first point that you said is I want to resolve it right now because um, it just it, I want to avoid this conflict. It's uncomfortable. There is a discomfort. When we literally feel the discomfort in our body, I feel like a tension in my chest and in my jaw. And the way that we want to do it is just kind of resolve it. It's like we want to think through it and solve this problem. And as we, again, like I said, it's not the most helpful way to resolve that issue. So knowing that we have all that at play, let's take a step back now, right? So when it comes to actually resolving that conversation, I, I put it in a calendar. I think it was because we actually didn't have time to talk about it right there and then. Um, that was actually mostly what it was. But that is helpful, is setting the time and taking that break right now saying, you know what? I can't talk about this right now. I'm going to say things I regret. I am not thinking clearly. I want to have a clear head when I talk about this. I don't have time to talk about this right now. I have something in 10 minutes. So making sure that you take a break so that you're a not emotional b that you have time to talk about it some well, of these conflict conversations they take they take a while to talk through right it can be a 10 minute conversation it could also take you 30 minutes 60 minutes to, to hash out yeah sometimes these conversations they take more than one conversation yep that's another thing right so don't do the drive by where you're kind of just like there and you're like okay got to go like you want to make sure to take the time and then I also love the idea of the kind of booking the time. Um, you know, we're talking about feedback, but that's a difficult conversation, right? Uh, of, of making that in private as well, making sure people aren't around so you can really kind of get into it. Just the two of you, there's less identity at stake um, and you're having a better chance of this conversation going well. So I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when you talk about not being emotional in that conversation, I, I, I think that that's asking us to, to not be human. And so when, when you talk about that, I'm really thinking you don't want to be overly reactive in that situation. Not that we don't want to be emotional, because I want my wife or whoever it is to understand where I'm coming from. And if a tear comes to my eye, a tear comes to my eye. It's not, you know, the emotion is still going to be there if it's something that means something to me. I but appreciate you distinguishing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Emotions are always going to be there. They're, they're at the heart of the issue. Mm -hmm. And it's more like just bringing it down a notch. 
right? right. So we're not like raging. We're kind of more in a, uh, we've got more of an understanding of, well, what are those emotions? So I can express yeah. themselves because it's not an anger. It's like these other more complex emotions underneath. Maybe it's a sadness. I feel embarrassed, confused, mm. and generally like pretty frustrated. And we can talk about those things and it gives space to acknowledge and validate those feelings so that once those are addressed, we can move them out of the way and actually get to the problem solving. Mm. And that's probably, that's exactly what Jeff was talking about, right? You just love to get to solving the problem because as soon right. as it's solved, then we can like move on with our lives instead of the, the unfortunate part is that we move past the feelings. So it's like feelings first, then problem solving, right? Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. Well, yeah, and one of the things I'm realizing about myself, and Craig's heard this before, what I've learned about myself is I'm, I'm a pretty fast self-processor. Oh, yeah. Totally. Because I built the muscles. And so, like, one of the things that I used to use more time for is when I'm in my emotions, whatever they are, I, it doesn't matter what it is, the, the system, I guess it's a system, I ask myself a question, which is why am I whatever? Why am I angry? Why am I sad? Um, I'll also process my emotion to figure out what it really is because I have some simple definitions of emotions and what they mean. So quick example is if I'm sad, typic, sadness typically means there's some loss. And so, if, but if I look at it and say, I didn't really lose anything, well, I'm not really sad then. I'm probably not sad. Um, and like for me, anger is usually some sort of boundary crossing. So I'll go, but no boundary got crossed. So you know what? I'm not actually angry. I'm showing up angry. You know what? I'm actually sad. It's showing up mm -hmm. as anger. But by doing that, I'm usually able to separate myself from the emotion and learn. I used to need more time for it. Now I can process it quickly so I'm like, I'm ready to go, but the person I'm communicating with is not ready to go. They're like, I just want to strangle you right now, whether it's at work or at home, it doesn't matter. And that's another thing with, I do do with feedback I recommend is I always ask people, are you open to feedback? And even my team members, they're allowed to say no, not now. And a lot of times it's for an emotional reason or scheduling. I don't, I can't be, I don't, I'm pissed at you right now, so I'm not open to your feedback. Awesome. I respect that. Let's schedule a time. It's important, but you're absolutely, you have full permission to say not now. And it sounds like you've had that conversation in the first place where it's okay to say not now, because I think even that, that's, that's brave. And for a lot of people, that would be a really hard um, thing for them to say if they hadn't had that conversation prior created the context that it's okay to say no, I'm not going to be angry with you. Just say no, because it's not a good time or you can't handle that right now. And we'll have it at a different time. Well, you know, sometimes some people will come back though and say, well, what do you mean? It's not a good time. You know, and they, they are on the attack. You know, how do you deal with that? Because you're, you're trying to protect them from yourself. Right. And if they're coming back, no, I want to get this resolved. How, how do you suggest? The only thing that comes to mind, if you're noticing a discrepancy between what they're saying and how they're being in that moment, it might be worth just doing a check-in, just saying, are you sure, 100% sure? And then they might say yes. Then at the end of the day, they are their word. And so I would honor their word. That's what I would, that's what I yeah. would do. That, that's what I would do. If they say that they're ready for it and th then they okay. want to be ready to accept the consequences of wanting to go into this. And they can have another conversation about later if it didn't work that well after all. And <laughs> you know, when you're talking about the facts of what happened, it's yeah. like, well, I asked you, are you ready for feedback? You said yes. So I gave you feedback. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So Jonathan, so that was, I, I love that piece about, um, I'll call it the context for communication. Talk about some other tools people can be thinking about in terms of 
just even looking at conflict communication differently, either in it or understanding it. And, and I know a big part of what you work on is about understanding yourself around conflict and communication. There's a lot to break down in terms of <laughs> conflict communication, admittedly. And there is one thing that comes to mind that I'd love to share is another perspective with which to look. And in fact, actually, before I even get into that, what's interesting is you'll notice that a lot of this conversation, I don't know how much you've talked about communication on the podcast, but communication is about, you know, these words that we're using and so on, but so much of communication and the communication that I work with my clients on is about a way of being. It's about how we're showing up in the conversations, right? So that's how I talk a lot about having the right mindset, having the right assumptions at play while you're in the conversation. Because as much as I can say the right or wrong words, the other person's going to interpret whatever they're going to interpret. But if I come with that authentic volition, the ones that are going to work for the conversation, I'm going to have more success. This way, we talked about being present in a conversation. I don't want to be thinking, oh, what's Jeff doing right now? Oh, he's like moving his hand in that weird way. Oh, he must be really angry. Oh, I forgot to lower the tone of my voice to sound more authoritative. And oh, I should avoid that word because it uh, might trigger them in this way. Because No, none of that. You just be in the conversation. You're dancing in the conversation with these mindsets and assumptions in the background so that you can kind of naturally flow in. And the one that I want to invite us to take a look at is this idea the possibility to consider that everyone on earth is entirely 100% rational. <laughs> I'm with you. I agree with you. I love that. I'm, I'm ready for more. Yep. I agree with you. Now, if you think about rationality, rationality indicates that somebody has some sort of reason for the way that they're behaving. Sure. And so that means that I'm, I'm insinuating that everyone at all times has a reason, whether it makes sense to us or not, there <laughs> is some reason. They, they have some sort of reason that goes on in their head. They weigh out their options and they go, this is the best option. And that's how I'm going to behave. Now, it doesn't necessarily make sense to us in our world. It sometimes doesn't make sense to them because it may be unconscious. Absolutely. A great example of that. I have two examples, okay? The first is going to be an example of someone else that seemed completely irrational, some of their line of thinking. And when I dug into it, it kind of actually like made sense. And the other one is this unconscious thinking is making choices based on the limits of our awareness. Hmm. So in this first example, I went for lunch with a friend of mine. Uh, we were just chit-chatting about how we share finances with our partners. And, you know, when I was dating uh, my, my wife now, you know, she, she was my girlfriend at the time, we lived together for a year and we had a shared credit card. And anytime there was an expense that had to do with the house or with food or just shared expenses, you just put on the credit card and then every month we paid half of it. Pretty, pretty straightforward to me. And then when we got married, of course, we just combined everything and now we just have the same credit card. That's just, that's what makes sense for us. Cool. Mm -hmm. This guy, he's been married for several years and they have two separate bank accounts and they have a certain amount of money they put in for shared expenses and then the rest they get to keep and spend it however they want. Mm. I thought, what? Like, you're married. Like, you don't have like more things shared between us. It, it just, I don't know how, what, what else to tell you. It just, it confused me at the time. It baffled <laughs> me. And when I actually asked him, well, why did you do that? And we went backwards through the thought process of getting to that place. It made absolute sense because he had this partner and there were these issues with um, her accruing debt without him knowing. And then this happened and then they had this huge amount of debt while she was going out for coffees and drinks and da, da, da. And so now they had this huge debt. So there was an erosion of trust there. So then they had some sort of thing. But the thing is, is that even before that, that had already happened before. So it happened twice. And now he was at this point where he didn't want to take on her debt because this was an issue that she had brought into the relationship. She had now done this twice. And so he was thinking, well, this is a great system 
that's going to help me protect what I'm bringing to you know this relationship, and also it's um you know we still have some shared expenses and stuff like that. So when he really got back to it, and I apologize if the story is confusing at all, but the the point is the moral of the story is when I got into his world and he actually explained his logic and how he really got there, and I asked all the questions I wanted to ask, I'm like, oh yeah, that seems pretty rational. I might have have even chosen the same course of action. So. Everyone is rational in their own head. Everyone has those reasons that make sense. Now, in terms of unconscious decisions, this just happened. This is a ridiculous story. It happened a few weeks ago, okay? So I have one of these like night guards because apparently I grind my teeth at night. This is a thing I do. So I got one of these fancy mouth guards that stops me from grinding my teeth. And uh, I wash it in the mornings and I leave it next to the windowsill. I went into the bathroom in the day and I saw bird poo on the windowsill uncomfortably close to my retainer just a bird like landed on the window and pooped <laughs> right onto the sill it was ridiculous so i called it i called in my partner we like had a good laugh we're like all right well we should probably clean this up also let's sterilize your mouth guard because you know it's just very close to the bird okay could have been some splash it could have been some splash back right so so she just says okay well why don't you just boil it for a few minutes and then um it'll like sterilize it. i'm like that's a that's a great idea Grabbed it, boiled some water, threw it in, set the timer for three minutes, left, came back at the alarm. And when I came back, I noticed that my mouth guard was in a very odd shape. <laughs> oh, no. And it turns out I ruined my knife guard. My knife guard. Oh, no. Now, the thing is, is I know how to wash this thing. <laughs> I wash this thing all the time. You brush it down. I have these special tablets for cleaning like these like these retainer things and there was a part of me that like it flickered into my head like it's an option and then i weighed my options and i thought yeah boiling sterilizing that's a great idea now in hindsight it didn't seem it's not a great idea i ruined my night guard my night guard but at the time available to my conscious awareness this seemed like an amazing idea, even though I had already had experience with the previous idea. So that's kind of that unconscious decision that although I am a very, I think I'm very rational, all, like most <laughs> of the time, right? But in hindsight, we may not always be as rational as we think. And I'm just going to invite you and our listeners to consider when you are in those conflict situations, yeah. that the person is being entirely rational. They are, they are acting in accordance with their truth at that moment. The question is not if they're right or wrong. The question is how does their truth collide with our truth wow, and getting to the good. bottom of that. Hmm. I like that. Well, it's, it's good that you didn't blame your wife for you know, the whole issue with the retainer. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that wasn't gonna happen. Well, let me give you an example, Jonathan. I think this is an example of what you're talking about. Uh, one of my coaching clients, we were talking about and my coaching clients are typically around some sort of leadership issue and it's self-leadership. And she was finding herself often very resentful of her team members, mm-hmm. even though she really loves her team members. And that's genuine too. But in, when she in resentment mode, she communicates them. That's pretty much what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't give the how we got there, but we got to the answer, which is she she feels a need because of her own insecurities. She feels a need to take care of everybody else and not herself. So she takes care of everyone else because that makes her feel better about herself. Yet she ends up resenting them. And we finally got there. She said, I'm I'm just, I'm just insane. I go, no, you're completely rational because that makes perfect sense. Now the people experiencing the resentment don't like it. And we want but my goal is to help her understand the driver, that rational piece. This is exactly how you would be because you didn't know you were doing that. You thought all you did was for them. It was never reciprocal, but you set that up. And the cool part is she's open to that. But that's an example. If you, if you pull back, you go, why are you resentful of people you love <laughs> and that you help all the time? Well, because you are helping them to help yourself. And then they don't help you back. And so that's another example of so much unconscious 
behavior, but it's, I'll tell people in my coaching work, I said, look, the key to, to real growth is take the crazy stuff <laughs> and figure out how it's rational. And now you figured it out. Now you just got to work on that because that's the, the normal stuff isn't where you learn. It's the crazy stuff. But I guarantee you, it is always rational. So I love that you said that. Great example. So there is so much to unpack in conflict, let alone communication. And you've shared a couple of what I think are really simple concepts, but there's a lot of depth to them. There's certainly a lot of depth to them. There's a lot of people out there who are talking, they're flashing over their life right now and saying, what can I do tomorrow different to just move in a direction, in a, in a, a growth, let's call it a growth direction around conflict? There's two things I'm going to share. The first thing is more of maybe conflicts gone by. And maybe this is something you talk about, maybe this isn't. And I don't even talk about it too much in my teaching, but it is incredibly important is to forgive someone. Hmm. I think we talked actually maybe about that at the beginning of the episode, talking about the energy that we carry around with us when we don't have those conflicts resolved. Yeah. Just step in there and forgive somebody. Actually, really seriously forgive them. And it will be a weight off your shoulders if there's yep. anyone in your life that you have yet to forgive. So good. Yeah, I think for, for that, for myself, I have, I've held resentment for years with with a particular person and then i finally got to the point and realized why am i doing this why why can't i just forgive that person i've tried to forgive and so forth and then when i started this process of sending that person love every morning and just thinking about them in a positive light and and wanting the best for them that's what cleared it up for me mm. and i'm wondering jonathan you said early in our conversation you talked about this partnering mindset uh, I would think that if I go into every conversation, whether it's a conflict or not, especially a conflict, and I see it as a partnering situation, then I'm less likely to mm -hmm. experience them in a way that requires forgiveness, and I can get there quicker. Right. And I can yeah. go, wait a minute, we're, but we're partnering. If I believe, if I look at it as a partnering arrangement, even if they don't agree, I can choose to see them as a partner. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I love about it. I don't need them to agree that it's a partnering relationship. Yeah. And that is, you know, the way that this kind of insight came about, when I articulated it, it really roots deeply from the growth mindset, actually. Mm. You know, we talk, uh, uh, the growth mindset is like a term that everyone's just kind of throwing around. And I think that some, some people know what it is, some people don't. The growth mindset is, for me, something where you're just, you see everything as an opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. Everything. <laughs> Life is an opportunity to grow. And yes. any experience you have is of value, even those horrible, awful experiences. Right. And we don't need to go into too many details about that. But from that perspective, if we can reflect on ourselves and some of the more difficult people in our lives, and think about all the amazing lessons that they have taught us, we can actually see that the most difficult, the most difficult people are consistently our greatest teachers. <laughs> they are teachers in patience, teachers of understand, better understanding our boundaries, what we like, what mm. we don't like. They help us understand how it is that we do want to show up in the world. And in that sense, they are a gift in our life because we now get to be better people because of them. Mm. So that's a, that's a perspective. Great. Good stuff. I love that one. And when I was, I'm chuckling. I don't know if you saw me smile. I was thinking a phrase that just hit me of, I want to have a great growth mindset. I generally do. And, I want, and it's important for me to keep it to myself. And what I mean by that is, it's my growth mindset. It's not yours. Yeah. <laughs> Early in my journey, I know that I was all about, let's all have one. So I'm going to, my mission now is to help you understand what you need to learn from this. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm going to learn what I can grow. I will share what I've learned, but I don't need to help. It's not my job to help you grow unless you ask for my help. Or you pay for it. <laughs> or, yeah, or you pay for it. Or you pay for it. Yeah. That's good. But Jonathan, I feel like we're cutting this off like in the beginning of surgery. And I think <laughs> that's true. probably the nature of communication and especially conflict communication and conflict understanding. This has been so good, so rich. Yes. Um, I, we say this from time to time. I'm saying this as directly as I can. I would love to get you back and dive more into this because I, think, I feel like we just touched the surface. And I also think so much of understanding this differently comes from the stories so that yeah. people can unwrap the stories because the concepts themselves, they're nice, but they don't have any richness without the context of that story. And those take time. So I hope to be willing to come back. Uh, we'll definitely work to make that happen. But one of the things we always ask folks at the end of the episode, Jonathan, is, is there anything particular going on that you'd like to promote or highlight for our listeners? Well, you can check me out on my podcast, the Mindful Communication Podcast. So after you listen to every episode of the Impact Leadership Podcast, you can head over <laughs> to mine. Where we, it's an exploration around the art and science of connection with lots of amazing thinkers around all topics of communication. Um, you can also check out my website, mindfulcommunication.me. Def and Craig will include it in the show notes. You can get two amazing resources there. One is a free four-part video training series on how to transform any and all conflicts in your life. There's email follow-ups to instill the learnings. It's an amazing, amazing short program. And then the second is the Tough Talks Made Easy tool. So if you didn't glean enough insights from this conversation, what you can do is book 45 minutes with me. And what we'll do is we'll actually sit down and look at a conversation that you've been avoiding, find a, create a roadmap, a game plan for how you can naturally have this conversation powerfully with confidence, with ease. And you can use the promo code IMPACT50 for 50% off the tool. So you can stop avoiding that conversation and, and you know, find that peace in that relationship that mm. you're looking for. So good. Well, you have now subscribed to your podcast. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing that. Yeah. Wonderful. Is that the best way for people to reach you, Jonathan, is through your website as well? Yeah, it's through my website. And you can also probably find me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Miller. It might be, it's a very common name. So, but do find me on LinkedIn. I post usually about three times a week. I post lots of amazing video content there as well. Um, lots of great communication tips, mindset tricks, all that kind of good stuff that's going to make you an incredible hmm. communicator and leader. Thank you so much for that, Jonathan. And we end every episode with a question or two um, for our guest. And the question I'd like you to answer for us today is, because this is such a new topic for our podcast, what's the one book you'd recommend for our listeners in terms of they want to grow around? I'm going to go with either communication or conflict. What's the book that you recommend to them? I would recommend the book, Nonviolent Communication, because it will completely shift your perspective on what communication is and how we use it. Can you give a quick example of what violent versus nonviolent communication is? I'm not familiar with that. So the thing with the title of the book is even the author has gripes about it. And actually, it's a really common thing. I've dived into the world of nonviolence, and a lot of people have issues with this term nonviolence. And that's because there's an insinuation that violence is normal and then you have this non-version of it. When in fact, non-violence is the norm and violence is this very radical, very extreme thing that we're so, you know, so alarmed by. Hmm. And the idea behind non-violence communication is probably better described as compassionate communication. Hmm. It's communication okay. in a way that's really connecting with what's really going on inside. A colloquial way of saying it is I might say, hey, what's up? But instead of connecting at the surface content level about what's going up, I'm more likely to actually tell you what's really going on inside mm -hmm. of me. You know, I'm feeling actually really energized right now because my need for connections being met. Mm. I'm, you know, uh, I came in here uh, like feeling really uncertain, but now I'm feeling heard. I'm feeling understood. 
And yeah, I'm just feeling energized and I'm feeling excited. And now you really get a piece of what's going really on inside me mm. and what's really important to me right now in this moment. So the book gives you a taste of that. And if you want to be an effective leader and an effective communicator, this book will give you great insights into how to manage yourself, the people around you, your teams, your family, everyone. It's really an incredible book. It's some people can consider it a bit on the woo side of things. Like just, I assure you read past it because there's only gold. in there. <laughs> um, I love it. I've not heard of it. Uh, that's going to be right up the top of my list, Jonathan, because this is something I continue to dive into in my own personal journey. And yeah, I'm, I'm all over this and I'm going to get that and listen and learn more and check out your podcast. It's so grateful you were here with us today and shared yes. so many unique perspectives that I know are not only helpful, but I'm going to use a word you haven't, and I'm going to go to the woo side, bring it on woo, which is the healing side. I hear so much what you're talking about underlying that there's a healing process in that, yes. not just relationally, but within myself that shows up in my communication. So thanks for all of that and doing the work you do. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartevera Tribe. The Cartevera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartevera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartevera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.